Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, February the 8th. And we're starting with one of the most read stories on the website today. A woman says she's been left traumatised after a man forced his way into a block of flats in Gillingham and started banging on doors. Well, reporter Megan Carr joins me now. Megan, this does sound absolutely terrifying. Can you tell us more about what happened? Yeah, it really was. So Rachel Jane, she lives in Gillingham. She woke up at half four in the morning and she could just hear this stranger trying to kick her door down. Um, She lives on the top uh, level of a flat and he ran all the way up the stairs and was screaming and running between her door and her neighbour's door. It just seemed absolutely terrifying. Um, She said that she could hear him begging someone not to hurt him. Um, He wanted help. He said that he was dying and obviously she was kind of paralysed with fear. And Rachel sent you some pictures showing the aftermath, didn't she? It didn't only show the serious damage to the door, one of which the police had to use a battering ram to open. It was so severely damaged. But there was blood smeared over the wall. There was dents. Um, This guy's trousers, his jeans had to be cut off by the emergency services and they were left there and she had to clean all of this up. Now emergency services were called. What have they told you Megan? So the police did confirm that they attended um, but they said that they only attended to help South East Coast Ambulance with a medical incident and as a result no arrests were made. Um, South East Coast Ambulance also said that they attended and that a person was assessed and treated before being taken to hospital for further checks. But this hasn't really eased Rachel's mind. She's worried that this man might come back. There are obviously concerns about how the man managed to get into the block of flats. What have the Housing Association had to say? To get into their building, you have to either be buzzed in or use a fob. Um, Now, Southern Housing, the Housing Association that she has her apartment with, said that they were really sorry to hear about the experience uh, that Rachel faced and that they... They had a contract to repair and secure that front door on the same day that it happened. They've also said that they're committed to upgrading their intercom system to improve the security in the future. Um, but they did also confirm that a contractor had previously attended the building on the 15th of January after a repair issue. They said that the lock was secured when the contractor left and they hadn't received any reports until they were notified about this weekend's issue. But a housing officer has gone to visit Rachel to make sure she's OK and had a welfare check with her. Megan, thank you ever so much. You can read that report in full and see those pictures today by heading to kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you now. And a man who sexually assaulted a young woman at his home in Strood has been jailed for 12 years. Mark Cranstone attacked the victim on Gun Lane last July but denied the charges in court. The 48-year-old was convicted following a trial and will be on the sex offenders register for life. Police have given us CCTV images of two people they're looking for after a woman suffered potentially life-changing injuries in Sheerness. She had to be treated in hospital after being attacked by another woman in Bridge Road. A man is also said to have urged his dog to hurt her. You can see those pictures today by heading to the website. Elsewhere, a man's been taken to hospital after being attacked with a metal pole in Gravesend. The victim was approached by two people who also punched and kicked him as he tried to get into his 
van on Hillingdon Road last Saturday. He managed to drive away and call 999 before being treated for head, back and shoulder injuries. A sitting-born man has appeared in court following an investigation into County Line's drug dealing in Ashford. The 34-year-old was arrested on Monday and charged with supplying cocaine and heroin, as well as possession of a knife and driving offences. He's due at Crown Court next month. And residents in a village near Maidstone say they're living in fear as a killer dog has struck again. A four-year-old Chihuahua's the latest pet to be attacked by a bully breed in Collier Street, not far from Marden. Her owners had to fork out £10,000 in vet bills. The council say they're working with police to investigate. Now, talks to try and avert strikes by firefighters in Kent have been taking place today. It comes after more than eight in ten members of their union voted in favour of walking out in a dispute over pay. Firefighters rejected a 5% pay offer back in November. Joe Weir is the South East rep for the Fire Brigade's union. We've seen fall in wages since 2010, which leaves firefighters nearly 12% behind, uh, which is uh, on average £4,000 behind where they should be in terms of pay. Uh, they're struggling to pay their bills, pay their mortgages uh, and afford generally the basics. So there's just a lot of anger out there. Firefighters, when they come in on trainee uh, salary, uh, it's sort of 24000 I think that when you get up to a competent firefighter's wage, it's 32000 which, you know, obviously uh, it isn't that great uh, in the grand scheme of things for the, for the risks they're taking, the work they do. Firefighters are, you know, up to four times more likely than the average person of contracting cancer in their lifetime. There's huge amounts of studies on it. And I think that actually, you know, the way they're being treated is, is grossly unfair and it needs to be remedied. Uh, and the government employers need to do that with a significant pay rise. If today's talks fail to come to an agreement, strike dates could be announced tomorrow. You can hear the very latest by tuning in to news bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM. Kent Online reports. A suspected drink driver's been arrested after trying to run away from police in Ashford. He abandoned his car in the middle of the road and officers later found it was uninsured. They've compared him to Forrest Gump in a post on Twitter. A schoolgirl remains in a serious condition in a London Hospital three weeks after being hit by a car in Folkestone. She suffered life-changing injuries when she was knocked down at a zebra crossing in Tram Road. Police are continuing to investigate and want to hear from any witnesses who haven't come forward yet. They also want to hear from anyone with dash cam footage. Now you can see pictures on this at Kent Online today. A car's been written off after being hit by a lorry when the driver got lost trying to find a new lorry park in Dover. The HGV ended up in Acliff after missing the turning for the near by facility and managed to push the Vauxhall 15 feet along the road. Well, the lorry park opened last autumn, but residents say drivers are regularly misreading signs and ending up in the wrong place. Staff at a Kent nursery have been told they need a better understanding of extremist radicalisation in a report by Ofsted. Under one roof in Chasham has been rated inadequate following a visit by inspectors. They raise concerns about safeguarding and some teaching methods. According to the report, the nursery says staff have now had more training. Next today, and there are calls for all parts of Kent to separate food waste so more of it can be turned into biofuel and fertiliser. The county Council currently recycles about 36,000 tonnes of it every year through a processing facility near Kings Hill. But not all local authorities offer specific collections for household food waste. Well, Gabriel from our colleagues at KMTV has been to that waste processing facility along with Councillor Susan Carey, who's the Cabinet Member for Environment at the County Council. All of the food waste that's collected by the District Councils comes here 
and it's turned into biogas and fertiliser. It's an amazing operation. We first started using it in 2021 and it's made um, it so much easier to, to actually turn people's food waste into something useful. And I'd like to say thank you to Kent residents for separating their food from the rest of their waste because it really helps. We will turn residual waste into energy, it gets incinerated, but it's so much better and less costly if we can turn it into the biogas and fertiliser. Lots of people separate their waste and enable us to do this, but we could do more. We find food contaminating other recycling and also when we do audits of waste there can be up to 40% of waste in people's um, what they're throwing away so if people separated it where they have a curbside collection we can really do a lot of good with it. If they don't um, they end up contaminating not just their own recycling but other people's. The, the other thing that's really helpful is if people don't put things like supermarket plastic bags in their food waste because that's really stringy and gets caught on the equipment and whilst they, they do clear it out here uh, if they don't have that to worry about they can get a whole lot more out of uh, the process more recycling and uh, it's, it's good news for our costs and it's good news for saving the environment as well. And we've obviously got the budget consultation coming up in a few weeks time. Times are tough for councils across the whole of the UK. Will Kane County Council continue to do initiatives like this? Well, it's helping us. It's part of the budget solution. Uh, there's an enormous price differential between uh, what we pay for disposing of food waste to what we pay for incineration. It's um, like 10 times more expensive to incinerate it. So we want to be doing more recycling. We want to help people reduce the, the amount of waste they, that's created. Mark Hood is a Green Party councillor in Tunbridge. He says there's always more work that can be done. There's quite a lot of disparity between the different districts across Kent. I'm pleased to say that uh, my my borough does really well, actually. It's got the best um, recycling uh, figures in Kent. But all all uh, councils can do much better. For instance, my my, my borough doesn't uh, recycle very well from its litter bins. We've got 30 litter bins which have got dual compartments. Um, one, of the, one of the compartments is meant to collect cans, but none of that is actually recycled. So I think having best practice examples that were carried out, you know, across the whole county would be ideal. I think... King County Council can lead the way in having a more uniform approach across the whole of the whole of the region. Some councils don't actually collect food currently. Our council, Tumbridge Morning, recently went over to collecting food and cans and bottles from doorsteps, and it's been a massive success. Um, so we want to see the remaining councils that aren't doing doing this and not doing it so well um, catching up with the with the ones that really are, are excelling so that, that's that's what we all want i mean we're seeing remarkable amounts of um recyclable goods actually turned into a, a reusable product which is great for the county council we get income from that i think last year we had an increase in the in our budget of four million pounds because of the, uh, the the amount that we were collecting and the increase in in the um in the price of what we were recycling so the, the, we're talking about big money and that, that can be passed on to the districts and, of course, that can keep down 
costs. And I think it's going to get even better when we get those those last few councils who don't currently um, collect collect food. Um, once we get them, them on board, hopefully we'll be we'll be doing doing even better. The key is to actually make the process easier for residents to comply with. And the the next step is making sure that what's going into those bins is the exactly the right kind of material, so we're not contaminating the waste streams which can prove really costly. Kent Online reports. If you live in Medway, the amount you pay in council tax is going to increase by just under 5%. Councillors have backed the hike, which means from April, the average Band D home will pay an annual fee of £1,671. Bosses say the rise is needed to keep services afloat. KCC will vote on their budget tomorrow. Details of the first phase of a controversial new housing development in Medway have been revealed. There are plans to build 800 homes, a primary school and shops at East Hill in Lordswood, which is next to Capstan Farm Country Park. The original application was refused, but developers have been allowed to appeal. Meantime, people living in part of East Morling are angry they weren't told about plans to demolish their homes. Their landlord wants to create a new car park on the high street as part of plans to ease congestion caused by housing estates that are yet to be built. The elderly residents say they found out from neighbours who saw it online. The trust that owns the site say they've now been spoken to and the proposals are at a very early stage. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told how apprentices could help reduce waiting lists within the NHS. Job vacancies in the health sector are currently at a record high, but one trust in Kent is hoping to ease that problem by offering 300 apprenticeships. Almost 80 people enrolled with the Kent Community Health Trust last year. One of them was 37-year-old Paul Rothwell, who's training to be a physiotherapist he's been speaking to ish i'm 37 got a house and a mortgage and things like that so i can't afford to go back to university full-time so being able to work and earn a full-time salary whilst getting a degree is obviously got its benefits um but then also compared to a, a regular undergraduate I'll, I'll graduate with four years of experience already behind me um, where compared to a normal undergraduate so that that path kind of um, appeal to me as well in that I'll be hitting the ground running effectively. Um, I should already know what I'm doing and, and we'll have a lot more experience with, with patients and, and things like that. So Fantastic. And I think your story is brilliant in terms of highlighting how, you know, we, we all went through the pandemic, for example, and, and mm. we had this massive change in our lives and you found a route to, to be successful. And um, so why do you think someone should look at an apprenticeship scheme for specifically for health and social care uh, i just think it's an ideal route really um for people that necessarily don't necessarily want to go back into full-time education or they you know they don't have the means to they can't afford to i think it's just an ideal route to be able to learn learn a new skill and become a um, get a new career path um and then yeah also the the experience that you gain whilst you're learning um i think once you actually graduate i think will be you know, 10 times more beneficial than than just doing the university um, degrees you would normally say. And, um, you know, I, I ask you this with the backdrop of, um, you know, this big staffing issue um, within the health and social care sector. How important do you think apprenticeships could be in, in terms of plugging that gap? Because we're on a development, a career development path. So eventually where um, our team might be struggling for um, physios, you know, we might be the, the waiting list becomes quite long um eventually 
before we graduate, we should be able to actually start taking on some of the patients that the physios would ordinarily see. So we can then start contributing to getting waiting lists down and things like that. We, we become quite a um, unique member of staff in that we are on a development path. So we can start contributing more, the further, the more experience and the further along the apprenticeship we get we can start contributing to the team more. Um, you're obviously sort of relatively early in, into your apprenticeship, but what's been sort of the highlights for you so far? Just all the, the learning that we've been doing. Um, it's it's quite a full-on um, degree. Like we we definitely hit the ground running um, and, and start learning things very quickly. Um, so I think the, the the most interesting, I think, I think at the moment is, yeah, it's what we, the things that we've been learning and then how we've been, how I've then be able to kind of use that learning in what I'm seeing with patients when we've been learning about like lower limb anatomy of the leg and things like that. Um, we've been I've been able to kind of transfer that um, and and help advise patients as well things that they might expect and you know not diagnosing anything but just you know helping to explain things to patients a bit more because I've got a deeper understanding of it. Kent Online News. Kent's crime commissioner is calling for tougher penalties for fly tippers. Matthew Scott says it's costing landowners up to £150 million a year to clean up and he wants fines increased. He also wants officers to have more powers to destroy vehicles involved. According to government stats, almost 25,000 cases were recorded by local councils in Kent in the 12 months to March last year. There are plans to double the number of outdoor events on a green in Hythe. The town council is applying to use the space for 56 days a year, up from the current 28. Bosses say it'll benefit the local area, but some living there are worried about noise and traffic. Congratulations to a young woman from Westmoreland who's won a national award for her technology repair company. Engineer Megan Hale has created a sustainable subscription service that teaches children how to repair and reuse gadgets. The 22-year-old wants to share her skills with others. What got me into engineering was that I had family members that would always encourage me to repair, whether that be just for fun. But I remember changing my iPhone screen from quite a young age, um, just because it's so much cheaper than going to a shop to go and get it done or buying a new phone. And that was just a norm for me. But then talking to other people my age, that isn't normal. Um, And we definitely have this mindset that just buy new all the time. um, And nobody really thinks to try and repair anything so I think that instead of there being a role model it was more from my experience and then finding out that the five people five co-founders we all found the same thing when we were younger um and when you talk to engineers as well so many other people like taking broken things apart so it just seemed crazy to us there wasn't a product on the market that our children to do this. The app will be available for schools and aims to make the tech industry more sustainable. And for the first time ever, a beaver has been spotted living in the wild on a river in Ashford. It was captured on video at Conningbrook Lakes Country Park and has been described as significant and exciting by wildlife experts. Beavers tend to be nocturnal, but this one was spotted during the day. You can head to our socials to see that footage. Well, that's all from us for now. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.